Hi, and welcome to Inspiration Lab, a podcast shining a spotlight on leaders, creators, and organizations that continue to motivate and inspire us in the world of human resources, entrepreneurship, and hospitality. I'm Emrita Bala, founder and managing director of AV Consulting, an HR consultancy where we work with our clients to find unique approaches to human resources engagement, as well as strengthen leadership capabilities. I'm so excited to be here today with Sarah Greaves Gabadon, aka Jet Set Sarah, a travel writer and self-described care evangelist who goes to the beach and beyond to share the culture, lifestyle, and personalities of the Caribbean with the world. Sarah is based in Miami and she's written for publications such as Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast Traveler, The UK's Telegraph, and Canada's Globe and Mail. I'm so excited to be speaking with Sarah today as she shares her insights on her career and Caribbean tourism. It's Amrita Bala from AB Consulting, and I'm so excited to be here today with Sarah Greaves Gabadon, also known as Jet Set Sarah. Sarah is a travel writer and also a self described care evangelist who goes to the beach and beyond to share the culture, lifestyle, and personalities of the Caribbean. She's based in Miami and has written for publications such as Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast, the UK's Telegraph, Canada's Globe and Mail. And I'm really excited to be speaking with Sarah today. She's going to talk to us a little bit more about her career and also the future of Caribbean tourism. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us. I love the backdrop. Um, I believe you're live to us from Miami. It's great to see you. How are you? Hello, thank you for having me, Amrita. I'm coming to you live from Miami's make-believe beach where it's always sunny and it's always air-conditioned. I I love my house. I love the term caravangelist and tell us more about how this moniker came about. So I made up the name caravangelist for myself. It's a title I wear very proudly and it basically is because I love the Caribbean so much. I love to share it with people and I feel like I'm sharing the gospel of the Caribbean with the world and the gospel of the Caribbean as far as I'm concerned is that the region is so much more than just beaches and palm trees and beautiful water, you know. Uh, There are 33, 34 countries that get a lot of tourists that we, you know, we go to and those countries are all very different in terms of language, culture, culture, music, topography, you know, some of those islands aren't even islands like the Dominican Republic and Haiti, you know, they share a landmass. So I want people to understand that um, the Caribbean is so much more than beaches. And if you go there and you only lie on the beach, which you should, but if you only lie on the beach, you do yourself and your and the countries a great disservice because, you know, the Caribbean is so much more. So Sarah, let's start with something fun. I recently read on your social media that you have a PDF of 30 things to do in the Caribbean before you die. Um, I love this concept. And I wondered if you can share a couple of highlights with us. You know, many of us are living in winter climates and and we like to dream of sunny getaways. And who knows, some of us may even try and get away if if the situation is is safe. So first of all, you can find it on jetsetsarah.com. My whole brand is jetsetsarah. I'm jetsetsarah. Follow me at Jetset Sarah everywhere. But um, if you go to jetsetsarah.com and you sign up for the newsletter, I send you this PDF of 30 things to do in the Caribbean before you die. And it plays to the fact, as I just said, that I want people to understand that Caribbean is so much more than beaches. So there's so much more to do there than lie on the sand. So um, 
some of that, you should definitely go and sign up for the newsletter. But some of the highlights of the PDF are, for example, in the Bahamas, you can go swimming with pigs in the Exumas, which sounds bizarre, but it's really quite amazing, a lot of fun. You can also, in the Exumas, straddle the imaginary line that is the Tropic of Cancer. It's a blue painted line on Tropic of Cancer Beach, and it's actually where the Tropic of Cancer bisects the um, the Bahamas, so that's interesting too. You can go to San Juan and there you can go and try and find the original Pina Colada. Most people don't know that the Pina Colada was invented in San Juan and there are two places that claim to have invented it, two bars, so you have to go to both, Barachina and the Hilton Caribe Hotel. Um, in St. Martin, you can go and on the French side, you can go and make your own perfume at Tijon Perfumery. You can do a class and you spend two hours mixing potions and scents and whatever and come away with your own perfume. So, I mean, there's so much more to do in the Caribbean and the beach. So I say, you know, get up off the beach chair and do them. And if you get PDF, you'll know what to do. I'm excited to read this list and thank you all those listening to all those ideas um, definitely gives me a few things for my bucket list um, mm. as well. Thank you. Um, so, you know, shifting gears, Sarah, on a more serious note, um, mm. you know, it's certainly been a difficult few months for the Caribbean. I mean, really the world. Um, and, you know, as we come out of this crisis, what is the path to recovery for tourism look like? You know, what do you think that's working well for, for the region? You know, it's, it has been a dreadful time for the entire world, but I'm really proud of the way the Caribbean has really handled the pandemic and mitigated its effects in the islands. Um, and that was because they closed down early. Um, there was excellent contact tracing, which of course is easier if you live on a small island. But, you know, um, when they were started to open up in June, and the last one will open December 1st, um, as the islands have opened, of course, there has been that conflict of, you know, the cases have gone up as people from their major source markets like the US have come and visitors have unfortunately contracted COVID and, and come and, and really now we're in a situation where we, we have a, um, we're trying to find the balance between protecting the health of, of people who live in the Caribbean, protecting visitors who come to the Caribbean, but also protecting the livelihoods of people who work in the tourism industry in the Caribbean, because the Caribbean is the most tourism dependent um, area in the entire world. And so of course, mm. there is an issue there and there's some conflict over pe whether people should travel or not. I can't tell people whether they should travel or not, but I do, see the way ahead as a way ahead as people being able to travel responsibly with care not just for themselves and their own health but with care for the people who are delivering those wonderful vacations that we that we all want but certainly i think we're we're going to see that, that the days of just jumping on a plane and having a spontaneous beach vacation you know deciding on a monday to travel on a friday those days are over for now because the caribbean has quite rightfully put in a lot of processes and protocols where you have to you know be tested arrive with a test result these things have to be done in advance there's a lot more planning involved in trips which make everyone safer both residents and visitors, but it does also mean that we're now, I think the way forward is we now have to be more deliberate and considered about the choices we make um, when we decide to vacation. I think we'll probably see people spending long planning to do a trip to the Caribbean, that why would you just want to go for three, four days? You know, you're going to want to spend at least a week, which is a good thing because then people will be moving beyond the beach and exploring deeper into the destination. 
Um, and I think, you know, we're going to see disc more disconnecting and reconnecting. I think people are going to be very excited to get to the Caribbean and disconnect from technology. But I think they're also going to be, and you know, the Zoom screens that we've been on a hundred times, but I think that they're also going to be excited to reconnect with families and people in their travel pod that they travel with. So I think we're going to see much more group travel and intergenerational travel, but not just within one family, but, you know, within pods of families. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and Caribbean needs tourism, right? So how do we do that in a way that that's going to be safe and responsible and, and works well for everyone? So Jet Set Sarah, let's shift mm. the conversation because we would really love to know more about you and your career. And how did you build the Jet Set Sarah brand? Well, you know, it wasn't anything I never planned to be. I always say I'm the reluctant freelancer. I never at all said, oh, I, I want to be self-employed and I want to be freelance and I want to make my own rules. It just kind of worked out that way. My background, um, I was actually born in England. My father's from Jamaica, my mother's from Barbados, but they met in England. And my whole life, I bounced backwards and forwards between living in England and Jamaica. And then um, I worked in PR, in travel PR uh, for Sandals for a long time ago. It's a long time ago. It seems like an, another life. But then I crossed over to the dark side and to travel writing. And that's what I really loved. So um, I basically now I have I created my well, it's a long story, but let me try and get it together. So I um, moved to the States in 2003 from Jamaica, worked in PR for the now defunct Air Jamaica and then segued into working in an editorial um, for a magazine called Porthole that was about cruises. So I wrote a lot about um, cruising and the Caribbean. And then I got my dream job um, for Caribbean Travel and Life magazine, which was at the time and still, well, was until it, until it folded in 2012, was the only newsstand magazine in America that was exclusively devoted to the Caribbean. So this was my dream job. I loved it. I was there for six years. I was executive editor. Could not have been happier. It was a perfect job for me. But you know what happened in publishing around that time? You know, we saw lots of brands die. One of them was Caribbean Travel and Life. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just freelance for a year or so until I can segue smoothly into another staff job. Well, that didn't happen because here we are eight years later because that was 2012, eight years later, uh, what I, you know, it started as a stock gap and it's now become my life. So basically I created the brand Jet Set Sarah because I wanted to be able to share the Caribbean with the world. I never really had a plan B. I just knew that however I was going to do it, whether it was on staff or as a freelancer, I feel like I don't want to get too woo-woo about it, but I feel like my mission is to share the Caribbean with the world. So now I make videos and I create, um, print content and digital content for brands like Travel and Leisure, for Condé Nast Traveler, uh, for AAA publications, that's our um, American Automobile Association, um, for AARP, because I'm a woman of a certain age. And, um, you know, just basically anyone who wants Caribbean content, whether it's a video, you know, I have clients like I've done a video for Miami International Airport, which is, I like to say, is my second home. I just, I love to be in front of the camera and I love to talk about the Caribbean and I love to write about it. So basically, Jet Set Sarah, my website, jetsetsarah.com and Jet Set Sarah on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram is all about sharing the Caribbean love because, you know, Life really needs the Caribbean. Life does need the Caribbean. And you know what? Especially I, now, right? 
especially now. And I love your socials and I absolutely love your content. I think it's authentic. I think it's joyful and you have a very fun tone um, as well in terms of, of, of how you write. And um, we get to also learn about your passion for running. When I was in Jamaica, um, I used to run along the road and you know, I had dreadlocks and I'd run along the road and the taxi drivers would slow down and they would say, Glamorous dread, how are you doing? <laughs> I mean, for, oh my gosh, I've probably been running for 20 years. Um, I was one of those people who swore they had no interest in running a marathon until I ran one. I ran a New York marathon in 2013, loved it, but I'm definitely one and done. And it was one of, running the marathon was one of the best experiences of my life, but I feel like I did it and I never needed to do it again because the training is brutal. But um, you know what? Running has also helped me in my job because there is no better way to then really experience a place than by running through it. I'm a morning runner, so wherever I go, I get up around sunrise. And it's just such a pleasure to watch the city or the beach town wake up as I run through its streets. The running community is so warm and welcoming. So wherever I go, I'll ask people, you know, do you run? What are the routes? You know, runners always want to help other runners out. So it's, I don't know, it's something I do for fun. I can't run a step without music. <laughs> I am definitely a fun runner. I love all the outfits. I'm definitely a glamorous runner. I like to choose my outfit. Sometimes that's the only thing that gets me through the doors. Always beautiful, but every day it's just a little bit different, right? So every, every running trip for me is like a sort of a sunrise safari of taking photos of the sunrise here, there, and everywhere. It just It's honestly, for my mental health, particularly during the pandemic, it's the one most important thing that I do every day. Fresh air, the, the power of fresh air to be a tonic is absolutely underrated. That's true. And I think, you know, especially for those of us in these winter climates, as, as, the, as the weather starts mm. to drop, um, it's so important more than ever really to get outside. Um, so yes. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask you as, as a Black travel content creator, you know, can we talk a little bit about the importance of diversity and what that means to you in terms of representation and, you know, promotion within the hospitality and tourism industry? I think, you know, just given the times that we're in, um, the topics of diversity and inclusion um, are really at the forefront. So I'd like to know a little bit more from your perspective of, of what that means for you. I've been asked about this, obviously, during the course of the last few months. And had time to think about it. And it really is amazing when you think about it, that travel, you know, travel writing, travel content creating, this, you know, the subject is so diverse, you know, it's inherently diverse. And yet travel writing and travel content creating has always traditionally been presented to us through a sort of white male gaze. You know, just think about the fact the things, the countries that we think of as exotic are only exotic in the views of white people, you know, like, because for me, exotic could be Norway or Scandinavia or, you know, but we, you know, we come to think of us of Africa as exotic and French Polynesia as exotic and India as exotic. And it's only because for white men who were traditionally the explorers, and have the means to be the explorers and have had the means um, later as the traveling writing industry progressed to support themselves to do that independently. They thought those places were exotic. But you know, I, I strongly believe that there is room for all voices and all perspectives. Because of course, when you go somewhere, how you experience it is absolutely influenced by 
who you are and your previous experiences. When I go to the Caribbean, I experience it having lived there and having an understanding of Caribbean culture and Caribbean parents. I'm going to experience it in a different way from someone who has come from Japan or has come from Canada or has come from Norway. And all of those perspectives are equally valuable. So I think it's really exciting that now, finally, the world is realizing that there isn't just one perspective, that we don't want our, our stories of people and places told from only one point of view. We want it told from myriad points of view. And, you know, it's funny, I never, you know, I'm 54 years old, so I'm hardly a millennial. I like to say I'm a perennial, a woman for all seasons, you know, but I grew up with this and I kind of accepted it as a status quo. And I was used to being the only black person on a media trip or at a particular event. I was used to, if I was traveling with a group and there is one other, there's a male black travel writer who also um, covers the Caribbean beat. So we would often be on the same groups together. People always presume that we are married to each other. They never could imagine that there are like two independent travel writers who just happen to be black, but aren't related to each other. I call him my work husband, but that's because all the time people think that we are related because you're just not used to seeing so many travel professionals of color. And it's time that that changes, whether we're talking about writers or bloggers or videographers, influencers, you know, we need diversity. And I hope that this awareness that has developed over the summer is carried through. You know, everyone posted, you saw travel bands posting their black squares in solidarity in the early summer. It remains to be seen how that's going to roll out and if that's going to be successful. So the big news is, and actually you're the first person, this is the first time I'm saying it publicly. You know, I, my last trip was March 7th to 10th. I was in Belize. I came home March 10th and essentially March 14th, that everything kind of hit the fan. And I have been home, um, you know, trying to inspire people to travel to the Caribbean and to inform them about how and when they can get travel to the Caribbean as countries open. But I've been staying put. But I have decided to get back out there because, of course, this is my livelihood. And so tomorrow I will be making my first trip back after nine months back to the region I love so much. And I'll be going to Grenada. Amazing. Um, oh, I yeah, can't wait yeah. to hear all about it. I guess we'll be seeing yeah. people on your social. Follow me on social media, <laughs> you know. Of course. I've decided to go to Grenada. Uh, Grenada has, as one of those countries that's handled COVID very well, they've had no deaths and only about 30 cases in the entire time. That's so great. I'm going to go get some spice, a little bit of nutmeg and spice. So I am excited to do it. I've had, you know, the, as I said, you can't travel spontaneously anymore. You have to plan. So I have been planning for the last week or so. I went and took a COVID PCR test. I got the negative results. Then I had to go onto the website, upload those results. I had to fill in a, a health form. I had to fill in a, um, a COVID waiver. Um, you know, there's paperwork that needed to be done, but I am absolutely certain that it's going to be worth it to get back to the place I love so much. And just to see, you know, what is it like to travel during this pandemic? Uh, I just want to be clear, though, I'm not sure. I think I, I am traveling person, and it's a very personal decision. I'm traveling because this is my work, because I need, you know, I need to know what it's like. Is it time now to travel just for vacation? I would say not. Certainly here in the States, the numbers are rising. People can't get together for our Thanksgiving, that kind of thing. But I, I, I feel for work. I'm, I'm not going for pleasure. I'm going for work and information gathering. So 
uh, I'm looking forward to doing it and to seeing how I can help people do the same to travel safely for pleasure when the time is right. Well, wonderful, Sarah, and thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I wish you safe travels and we look forward to, you know, reading and seeing all your content from Grenada as well. And I think it's it's quite inspiring for others, um, you know, your message around a safe and responsible travel, because that's really that's really our future um, now, right, as we as we think about travel. Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, and I want to thank you so much for your time. You know, it's I love to share. So thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inspiration Lab. If you found value in today's episode, please follow us on your listening platform, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And don't forget to follow us on social on Instagram at a.bconsulting. Drop us a DM. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on any future podcasts. See you next time.